Right, good evening everyone. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. We'd like to say praise the Lord as always. Thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. Welcome to week 46 of our live stream Bible study. We're so happy to be here week in and week out helping spread the true word of God to people who may not have ever heard what we're talking about or whose church may not cover it, the verses in depth that we do. So we are just greatly appreciative of everybody who tunes in and everybody who listens to the podcast. And as you can see from the title, we'll be talking about the outward appearance. And we, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Proverbs 3 and 5 when it says, lean not into your own understanding. But we as people, we seem to always do that. We seem to always lead, lean to our own understanding. If something doesn't make sense to us, we'll say, nah, I'm not gonna do that. But when it comes to God, things are not always as they appear to be. And we always say that we need to see to believe, but we actually have that backwards. My friends, we need to believe and then we'll see. And scripture that we're talking about, man always looks at the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. So I won't prolong it any further. I will go ahead and pass it over to Minister Tony Banks and we'll go ahead and get started with tonight's message. Thank you, Melvin. Before we start, uh, we always like to say a prayer first. So if you guys can and will, bow your heads with us. Heavenly Father, thank you for yet another opportunity. Lord, we can never say thank you enough. We thank you for how you brought us over to this week, another week in the land of the living. You allowed us to uh, make it another day's journey, how you carried us through our jobs, uh, through our traveling, through so many things, through all the storms that have taken place over the past week. So Lord, we just say thank you. And Lord, we're praying for the sick, the shut-in, the afflicted, people being tormented through so many uh, trials and tribulations, anxiety, stress, uh, death, so many things that we're struggling with as, as humans as humanity, Lord, and we're praying that you will continue to remind us that there is joy in the midst of every single storm. So, Lord, we're praying these many blessings, Lord. We, we also ask that you would continue to keep our Bible study, Lord. We're praying that for the uh, listeners, the hearers, Lord, that you would open all of our understanding and so that we can see greater and greater into your word. And we pray these many blessings in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, Melvin already mentioned we're talking about the outer, the outward appearance. Uh, I was uh, sitting around thinking. Actually, I was talking to my dad, uh, and we were. Uh, I think we were talking about blueberries actually, and um, I was asking him if he liked them, and he said, "Oh, I can look at these, and I can look at blueberries until I just don't like them." I said, "Well, well, have you ever tried them though?" and he was just saying he can just look at them and tell he doesn't like them. And I began to uh, think about it. That's how we do with God all the time. Uh, a lot of times people would hear about a godly lifestyle and how you've forsaken certain things that God told us not to do. And when you tell people about it, they look at it and they say, I just don't see how you can live like that. I, I just have to do these specific things, even though God told me not to do it. I just can't see how you would live like that. So on the outside, it appears not fun. It appears lame. It appears so many different words, uh, <laughs> so many things we like to call it. 
but it has a certain appearance that's unappealing to us. But if we were to actually try it, we would find out that we would like it. But we don't give it a chance a lot of times. So I recognize we do that with so many things in life. We don't give it a chance. And we do that with God. We see what his word says, but we won't even try. We just look at how things appear. But God has done that so often throughout time. He shows us something, but it's not actually the way it appears. Um, so we're going to look at the situation with Samuel and King Saul. Uh, we're going to look at how God taught uh, Samuel about this, who was the prophet at the time. So what we're going to pick up, we're going to start at verse uh, let's start at verse 4. I know, well, we can go ahead and read the focus verse. We can go ahead and read verse 7. All right, first, cha first chapter, Samuel. I'm sorry. <laughs> first Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Now, we've heard this verse before but what is actually going on here so we're going to go back up uh, to verse 4 and we're not going to read all of it but I'm going to try to familiarize you guys with the, the backstory here so Samuel is the prophet Saul is the king at the time and Saul has disobeyed God God told him uh, when they destroyed this this group of people, this land, he's told them not to bring anything back. But they decide, the, the people along with Saul decided to keep certain animals and they said they were going to sacrifice it to God. So they took these things and said, we're going to do something with God, for God with these things. But he told them not to take those things in the first place. But they disobeyed him. And so because that happened under Saul's watch, God has now rejected him. So at the beginning of this chapter, God begins to deal with the prophet Samuel. And he asks him, how long is he going to mourn over Saul? Because God has now refused him. Yes, he's still king, but now God is moving on from him to another king. So. If we go back up to verse four, let's go back up, go back up to verse four. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Comest thou peaceably? So Samuel is now listening to the Lord. God told him to go down to Bethlehem to the house of Jesse to choose a new king. God told him once he got down there, he would let him know who the king was. He wasn't going to tell him before he went. This is how God does us. He tells us things when we need to know him. He doesn't always tell us beforehand. So anyways, he comes down there and the elders ask him, does he come in peace? All right. And he said, peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. So he calls Jesse and his sons to the sacrifice. Now, God had already informed him that he would tell him who the king was going to be 
once he got to the sacrifice. All right. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Surely this is the Lord's anointed. Samuel is looking at the outward appearance. Samuel begins to look at uh, Jesse's sons. I think he had eight sons. He begins to look at his sons and he is first see he first sees the oldest one, Eliab, Eliab, however you pronounce this. He sees his first son who was the oldest. He is in the army of Saul. He was <laughs> he's a chief. He, he's, he's someone who's strong. He has the physical makeup of a warrior. And so when Samuel went down there to anoint this king, he gets caught up in looking at the outward appearance. This is what we do all the time. We get caught up in looking at how something appears. So <laughs> even just earlier today, uh, I got a, a lesson on trucks. They were talking about how trucks need a leveling kit because the front squats down just a little bit to counteract the weight that they put on the back end. So guys said what they do a lot is they get the front uh, raised about three inches because they said it looks better. <laughs> so often we're all focused on the appearance, but we're not focused on the heart. So here we find Samuel. He's looking, he is being shown Jesse's sons and he looks at the first this is the oldest. He's a warrior. No doubt he has the stature of a battler, of a fighter. So Samuel looks at him. He says, surely this has to be. This has to be him. He's looking at the outward appearance. And that's where we, that's where we get in trouble. At the outward appearance. All right. But the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature. Because I have refused him. Don't look at him. Don't look at the way he looks. Because I didn't choose him. So we get things twisted because of the way things appear. But God has nothing to do with it. He said, I didn't choose him to be king. Don't get caught up in the way he looks. Because when, um, when King Saul was anointed... Saul, the Bible tells us that he was the tallest person in Israel. He had the stature of a warrior. He fit the part. Sometimes people, people say you look like you do a certain thing. People can look at you and they can determine what your occupation is. They say you have that certain look. So what Samuel was looking for was somebody who looked the same part of a king. They had that saint, that certain stature. But God said, I didn't choose him for this. But it was when Saul was elected king by God, when he was anointed, like I said earlier, he was the tallest person in Israel. He fit the bill. But God told Israel, he told the people before, before he gave them a king, he said, the king ain't going to do you right. He's going to mistreat you. He's going to kill you. He's going to do so many bad things to you. But yet they still ask for him because they were caught looking at other nations. They looked at the appearance of other nations. But so God says, 
Don't look at the way he appears, because I didn't choose him, all right? For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. God looks at the heart. He said, I'm not focused on the way he appears. Sure, he may look good to the eyes. He may look as if he should be a king to someone. But God is looking at the heart condition. All right. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither hath the Lord chosen this. So now he calls another one of his sons, his second oldest. See, he's going down. He's going in order from his oldest to his youngest to see which one of them will be king. But Samuel still has not gotten the word that these are going to be the king, that this one is going to be the king. He's not, all right? Then Jesse made Shammah to pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Mm -hmm. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. He called them back in there again. He said, Hold on, man. <laughs> you must didn't see them good enough. <laughs> God must not be talking loud enough. You must have heard something wrong. He showed them again made them all pass by him again but god only has said one time god wasn't going to change his mind so he shows them the seven sons again and samuel tells them god hadn't chosen any of these because god is looking at the heart he's not looking at the outward appearance all right and samuel said unto jesse i hear all thy children and he said there remaineth yet the youngest and behold he keepeth the sheep and Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, and with all of a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for, for this is he. So he says, Is this all of your children? And Jesse informs him that he has one more. He had eight total. He said, There's one more, but he's in the field. This is the youngest. Now, he said, this is the youngest one. He's in the field keeping the sheep. So he comes in, and in verse 12, it says he was ruddy and withal of a beautiful countenance. He didn't look good. He had been in the field all day. He was red in color, been out there working, the sun baking him, sweating. He did not look good. His appearance looked nothing like the others. But the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. But someone would say, He don't look like he's a king. He's been out there keeping the sheep. Look at, look at his occupation. Look at his job. Being a, a warrior in Israel, that was esteemed as a high job. That was a good job. But their son or excuse me, the, the youngest, he wasn't even old enough to do that. You had to be 20 years old. David was not even old enough to be a fighter in the army. And so God was not looking at the countenance. He wasn't looking at his age. He was not looking at all the things that we look at. If you see somebody now, they come in, they don't look good. They look like they've been working all day. We, we think a certain way about people when they don't appear 
appealing to the eyes. But that's all too often what gets us into trouble. Because even if we go all the way back to uh, the Garden of Eden, we see how God had told Adam to not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And so the devil began to work on the mind of Eve. And the Bible says that when she saw, let's go get that, uh, Genesis, the third chapter. The devil understands that if he can get us to focus on how things appear, he can destroy us. Uh, Genesis, the third chapter. Uh, let's look at verse six. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her. And he did eat. She saw. She saw that the tree was good for food. It had a good outward appearance. The tree looked good. <laughs> the leaves blossomed on there. It looked good. The fruit, it looked ripe. <laughs> it was pleasant to the eyes. It looked good. But it was not what God wanted them to do. It was completely against the word of God. So once again, we see how things can be deceiving because of the look. And even with Jesus, when we read about him, he was working so many miracles, speaking with such knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, but the people could not get over the fact of his appearance. People said, hold on, is this not the carpenter's son? They started looking at his appearance, his occupation, what he did, what his father did. They said, where he learned this at? Even today, we do the same thing. I know uh, when I talk to people, uh, when I talk to other ministers, other preachers, and tell them I'm a minister, they say, well, where'd you, where, where'd you get your degree at? They want to know about the appearance. They want to see some papers. We focus on the appearance. So they did the same thing with Jesus. Let's pick that up, actually. Um, in the book of Matthew, I think it's the 13th chapter, uh, verse 54. They got caught up with the appearance of Jesus. What job did his parents do? People want to find out what job your parents did, and they take that and they form an opinion of you. Uh, Matthew chapter 13 and verse 54. And when he was coming to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? They were amazed by the things the man said. The things that Jesus said were amazing to them, astonished. No one has spoken like that before to them. They've never heard anyone speak like that. But look immediately what they said, all right? Is not this the carpenter's son? They said, son? hold on, man. Ain't this the carpenter's son? It's a poor man. 
Look at his appearance. They don't have much. Look at his appearance. Look at the job that his father done. Look at the job that he does. How he learned this? Where he get this from? I don't believe it. They got caught looking at the appearance. All right. Is not this his mother called Mary and his brother James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters? Are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? They said, where he learned this at? <laughs> the same thing that happens today. When you tell someone I'm a minister, they say, where, where you go to school at? Are you planning to go to school? They said, where did you learn from? Where did you get this information from that you are telling? How can you speak with such wisdom? How can you speak with such assurance that you are correct? In your understanding. They said where you learned that. Are you not. <laughs> did you not grow up. In the ghetto. Did you not grow up in the slum. Did you not come from a small town. We start to look at the appearance. But God. Hath chosen the foolish things in this world. To confound the wise. He has chosen an appearance. That's nothing but a mirage. Of an appearance. That. You look at it, but it's not actually how it seems. I'm reminded of uh, in the Old Testament when Elisha, they were cutting down a tree. Uh, he had his, his servant with him. They were cutting down a tree with an axe. And his servant dropped his axe into the river, to the bottom. Couldn't find it. And so he came to Elisha, the prophet, and told him, and he, Elisha told him to throw a stick in the water. And the Bible tells us the iron floated. Now we know because we have enough knowledge and understanding to recognize that iron does not swim. It doesn't float. But the Bible tells me that the iron floated. Our understanding, it would appear that that would never work. But when God gets involved, the appearance... <laughs> It makes no sense. The way things appear is not actually how it is because God will work a miracle. God will work magic in the situation. Even when Jesus, when he went down to uh, uh, Lazarus's sisters, to Mary and Martha, they said, Lord, if you had been here, he would not have died. It appears that he would have been okay had you been here. But they said, by now, it's, <laughs> they said, by now, Lord, he stinks now. He's been in there four whole days because they looked at the way it appeared. They said, look, ain't no way that this man, he can't come back to life. They said, I know you are the resurrection. I know we'll see him in the last day, but we will not see him anymore because of the way this appears. This situation is dead. This situation, and some of us are the same way now. We look at some situations because of the way they appear. We say, God can't help me. What do I need to hear about God for? Because he can't do nothing in my life right now because of the way things appear. But the Lord said, Lazarus, come forth. He brought life into a situation where it appeared to be dead. So if you are out there today, God has some things he wants to work out in your favor if 
you won't focus on the way it appears. God has to get us to have faith because hope seen, that's not real hope. Why would you hope for something that you can already see? God wants you to not focus on the appearance and focus on the fact that he is a way maker, a miracle worker. God has a wonderful work in store for us if we can hold on to him. If we can focus not on how it appears. So when God was dealing with Samuel, he told him he had to get the preacher straight. He had to work on the prophet because how can the people be straight if the prophet is off? He was dealing with us all in that moment. So he said, don't look at his countenance, not the way he appeared, not how tall he is, not how many muscles he had. That's what we do when we look for a relationship. <laughs> when we look for a relationship, we tend to look at the appearance. We say, man, they sure do look good. It looks I always pretty <laughs> They said, man, they look good. I was listening to somebody talk earlier, a uh, young little girl, young young high school girl. She was talking, showing another uh, lady, telling her, oh, man, he, he looks so good. Look look at it. Look at his leg. Just muscles everywhere. Appearance. We're focusing on the appearance. But we have no clue about the heart. We have no clue. We say, oh, they're a nice person. He said, yeah, they nice, but we have no clue about the heart. Because the Bible says only the pure at heart shall see God. And so we find that God had Samuel choose someone who did not fit the appearance that our criteria says he should fit. He came from the field. He was dirty. He had been out there wrestling with the sheep all day, trying to keep the sheep safe. The Bible even tells us he had to fight off uh, the bear and a lion. Now, it appears that he should have lost that battle. But God, this was somebody chosen from his own heart. David, King David. He was nothing but a lad, a young man. Below the age of 20. I don't know how old he was, but he was below the age of 20. It appeared so many times that God, that the enemy, excuse me, the enemy would take David out. But God had chosen him for a task. And so even when uh, David came to the, <laughs> even when he came to the battle of, of, of Goliath, we saw how all of the other Israelites, the other army, even David's brother, these same people that stood before Samuel, they were scared to fight Goliath. They didn't want any part of him, but they were older. And so when David came up, everybody was looking at him <laughs> and they said, what is he going to do? Even when David finally convinced King Saul at the time to allow him to go to battle, with Goliath, when he stood before Goliath, Goliath said, <laughs> why y'all sitting him here? Let's, let's get that. I want to get that. They said, why, why, why would y'all send him before me with sticks? Am I a dog? Um, that's going to be 1 Samuel is it 17. Uh -huh. 
uh, uh, yes. First Samuel might be eighteen. Give me one second. Uh, First Samuel seventeen. Let's start at verse. Verse 41. Yes, let's start at verse 41. This is going to be David standing before Goliath. Now, we're going to look at how things appeared, all right? And the Philistines came on and drew near unto David. And the man that bare the shield went before him. Mm -hmm. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of <laughs> a fair countenance. He looked at his appearance. He said, this is a little boy. He young. Y'all sent a baby out here to me. See, I know I've thought this many times growing up uh, playing basketball. When somebody is of a much younger age, you say, oh, that's a baby. They can't do nothing with me. See, I've made it to a certain level where they just ain't ready yet. So Goliath looks at him. Now, we're talking about a giant here. A giant facing a young boy. Now, this boy wasn't even an adult yet, as we consider us people adults. He wasn't even an adult yet. So he's looking at David. He said, it's a young boy. A little, little, little bitty boy out here. Why would y'all send him to me, all right? And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the uh, Philistine cursed David by his God. He said, what? Am I a dog? I'm, I'm an animal? That's what y'all think of me? Y'all sitting this little boy out here with sticks. What's he going to do with that? It appears that he didn't come to fight. This is a joke. This is Comedy Central right now. All right. And the Philistine came to David, come to me. Uh, and the Philistine said to David, come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. I'm going to go ahead and give you what you're asking for, all right? Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, the, whom thou hast defied. The appearance. David said, You come to me with a sword. You come to me with weapons of destruction and a spear. But I come to you with the name of the Lord. I've come to you with the almighty power of God. That's the thing that God's power is. It's invisible. <laughs> so you cannot see his power. It's just like the wind. You can't see it. You cannot see his power. I'm reminded of, uh, I told a man before, I said, man, I've never shot a gun before, a real gun. I've shot a pellet gun, BB gun, but I've never shot an actual real gun. I said, I don't own one. I don't need one. But he found that to be so funny. Because it appears that I have no self-protection. But I have way more protection than his gun does. Because I, I am here in the name of the Lord. I have God's power on my side. And you can't see it because it appears to you that I have nothing. 
it appears to you that I am weak. But just as David stood before Goliath, I got the same God on my side. So it does not matter to me what the situation appears like. So David said, I've come to you in the name of the Lord. Now, I want to go back. I want to go back to verse 40 because he told us who the name of the Lord was without even telling us. Because we know today the name of the Lord is J-E-S-U-S. Jesus is the name of the Lord. Let's read verse 40. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook. He chose the name of the Lord right there. He chose the name J-E-S-U-S. Now you tell me how many letters are in the name of Jesus. He said, I come with the name of the Lord. And if you know what he hit him with, he hit him with the stone. The Bible tells us Jesus was the stone that the builders rejected. They refused the stone. The stone was Jesus. He came with the name of... <laughs> That's too deep. We're going to go back down. Let's go back down uh, where we were. Uh, let's go to... 46. Read 45 again for us. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. I've come to you in the name of the Lord. Five letters make up the name of the Lord, Jesus. He said, I've come to you in the name of Jesus. That's what we're praying in every, every day. We say, in the name of Jesus. Because at that name, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. All right? This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee, and take thine head from thee. And I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, unto the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Mm -hmm. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. God is going to do the saving. Drop down to verse 49. And David put his hand in his bag, and took thence a stone, and slang it, and smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon the earth, his face to the earth. He took the name of the Lord. Now he grabbed five stones, but the st <laughs> but God is one. It took one stone for him to throw. He hit him with the name of the Lord, because David himself was not strong enough to defeat a lion. He was not strong enough to defeat a bear with his bare hands. He was not strong enough to defeat. Goliath with these sticks. It appeared that he had no chance. But once we get the name of the Lord on our side, once we get Jesus on our side, then we have all the power in the world. We have the most powerful being in the world. So he hit Goliath in the head and defeated him that day. All because he had faith in the Lord. All because he didn't focus on how it appeared. Everyone else there looked at the appearance. Even King Saul, he was afraid. He didn't go. The Bible tells us that uh, Goliath had been showing himself to the Israelites for 40 days. 
He been coming there 40 days telling people, someone come battle me. So everybody began to shake. Everybody began to tremble. They began to get nervous, having anxiety attacks. They were having so many issues because of Goliath. But David did not focus on that. And so we see that God does not focus on how things appear. That's not what he focuses on. Even with uh, Peter, Peter, uh, John had been killed by King Herod. Peter had been kept. King Herod wanted to actually kill Peter also. So he put him in the prison, intending to kill him. He had him in prison, surrounded by two guards. He, he was chained up. So he slept by two guards and they had guards by the door. And the Lord still allowed an angel to wake Peter up to take his chains off. He didn't have to pick the lock. <laughs> the Lord took his chains off, got him out of there. Peter thought it was a dream. Peter thought he was seeing a vision. But God can change a situation and it has nothing to do with the appearance. So many times, I know I've seen it happen in my life. I thought that I would be dead. It appeared that I was spiraling down the wrong path. I was, but it appeared that all hope was lost. Being in and out of the hospital, it appeared that death was right around the corner. But God, he had the final say. So I've learned over time that you can't focus on how it appears. Sure, things may seem rough. Sure, things may seem down. Sure, things things may seem the worst it's ever seemed in your life. But we're dealing with God. This is how he operates. He's been doing this since the beginning of time. The Bible tells us there was darkness. The earth was void without form. It appeared that there was nothing there. But then God said, let there be light and change. He changed the appearance. God changes the appearance. So if we can focus on that, if we can uh, tune in with God, we'll see that God operates where the appearance looks dim. So I, I, I get excited about these things because God is, is really wanting to do some great things in our life if we can hold on, if we can be patient and wait on him and renew our strength because he'll change the appearance in our life. So uh, in closing, I pray that we don't focus on the outward appearance, how things may seem. I pray that we would judge righteously, that we would get into his word to truly understand that God is a miracle worker. He will work a way and make a way out of no way when it seemed like a way couldn't even be made. But that's God. So I'll turn it back over to Melvin. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. That was a good message. Um and we thank you for the people who commented, um, Janet and Annette. I'm sure that you probably know them because one of them says, come on, nephew. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So um, thank you guys for tuning in. Well, we definitely appreciate it. And just keep in mind that when it comes to dealing with God, most situations are not as they appear to be. And we even have to thank God for the things that didn't turn out our way because there is no telling what God could be protecting us from. It's saving us from battles that we won't have to face, that we would have to face had things gone our way. So we have to be thankful for either way. And that says, good job. Thank you. Thank you for tuning Thank in. You. But um, I'm just going to keep it brief right there. I don't have much to add. So um, Tony, as always, does a good job bringing out the word every week. And just a heads up that next week will be a pre-recorded video. It'll be the day after Christmas. And it's right around the corner. So hopefully everyone has a blessed holiday. And audio versions of this will be uploaded to the um, all major podcast directories. And if there be nothing else, we'll leave it right there. And we'll see you guys next week with another topic. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks, who brings the word every week. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You should tune in and ask questions or just tell us how you're doing. We'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic. Rejoice in the Lord always.